Now let's do that again, unmuted. Uh, I forgot how to do this. Uh, welcome to the Artist Exchange Radio Show. I'm your host, Nate. Happy New Year. This is the first show of the new year. Thank you all for all the kind words. Y'all all been have been supporting me on my other platforms and on the page as we keep it, as we keep it going. So welcome back. I have not been here since December. I'm uh, well rested, uh, not really, because I'm still working. Uh, but we're going to jump right in there. We have a phenomenal guest. Shout out to Miss Johnson, Miss Patricia Johnson, uh, the author guru of the DMV area, probably beyond that, uh, because I've met quite a few authors beyond the DMV area. Um, and my first guest for the new year is Miss Nicole Davis, author. Uh, at, well, we go get into everything that she does in a few minutes. Um, don't forget, um, you can give us a call. Uh, I don't have the number up. I forgot the number. Uh, but we go get that number to you real quick. Don't forget to follow us on all of our platforms. Like, say, subscribe on YouTube, Facebook, um, and we're on every digital platform if you want to watch the show on repeat. But you can give us a call today if you want to join in the conversation, ask me questions, ask Mr. Davis questions at 443-642-9403. <clears throat> As you know, we're still in a pandemic and big exposed BXR. We don't play that. So we're all virtual right now. But if you want to join us, definitely hit us up at info at BeExposedRadio.com. If you're looking for an interview, if you're looking for a new place to start your show, so on and so forth. So I've gotten all of that out of the way. I want to welcome in Miss Nicole Davis. How you doing today, ma'am? Hey, 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 Nate. Thank you for having me. I am well. How are you? I am great. I'm really excited. Um, uh, today was going to be totally different. So when we got Nicole to come on, I was really excited because, as you know, I've been working on a book for about 500 years now. Um, <laughs> brain. I was picking up brain before we started, and I'm definitely going to pick it during this interview. But I want to start off by saying, first of all, thank you for coming. Um, Nicole is a public speaker, a life coach, um, a author. Um, and she's going to tell us a little bit about who she is, her company, um, as well as her, we're going to promote our book, talk about our book, uh, and everything Nicole Davis today. So first of all, uh, let us know who you are, where you're from, and uh, how did you get to uh, where you are today? If you can do that snippet, if you could. <laughs> snippet a little bit. Snippet. <laughs> all right. So as you mentioned, um, my name is Nicole Davis, and I am an author. So Nate, we're going to add you to the club. So Harry, we finish this book. <laughs> so I'm an author. I am a motivational speaker. Um, I have some videos um, of motivational speak, speak, speeches. I can't talk. Um, <laughs> that are going to come up soon here in the next couple of weeks. Um, for you guys, uh, we need motivational um, every day, especially during the pandemic. Um, I'm a life coach as well. Um, and I'm also the CEO founder of my own publisher company. So I publish my own book um, as well as a nonprofit organization called I Rise Above. So um, that's I want to start from that point in terms okay. of publishing and uh, deciding to self-publish and not only self-publish, but start your own publishing company had been other way before and it didn't work out or. You just it did it did not work out um that well and and as most people know or don't know but you will learn today is when you do traditional publishing um and especially for black people you kind of have a hard time getting your manuscript on their desk 
Right. Um, you may send it 50 million times and over the couple of years, they may take a look at it in the next couple of years or they may not. It just may get trash. So and then now you're stuck with a great story that should have been out 10 years ago. But you're waiting on the traditional company to get your story out. You don't need to do that. You can self-publish um, your own manuscript and have it out before people within that so it's same year. So you don't have to wait on a traditional publishing. That was that was the deal for me. So I had my story and I'm like, I do not want to wait years and years for my story to reach the person it needs to reach. And after interviewing quite a few authors and, and talking to a lot of them one-on-one, um, what I'm learning is most times when you are a Black author, you get put in the Iyala Van Zandt category or the urban novelist category. Right. Other cultures can be whatever they want to be. They can start their own genres, but we normally get put in one of those two categories, self-help or the novelist. Um, And I know that's difficult for people, especially starting out to already be put in a box. It's very difficult before people even get to determine who you are. You know, know, self-publishing and urban novelists get a very bad rep. And most people don't read their work because they think it's going to be like everything else that they Everything read. else, that's true. That so, so true. In terms of you self-publishing and, own, well, more so owning your own company, what, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you try to break the mold in instead of going down that road with a lot of the, the authors that you will be working with soon? So the mold I try to break, um, even though, you know, I, it is a publisher company um, and I publish the people, you know, I'm not looking for your royalties. I want you to have 100 percent of your royalties. And that's the difference between, um, you know, going to um, indie publisher company and the traditional publishing company. They're going to take your books. They may want some fee up front and then they get a percentage of your book. That's not right. So I don't want none of your royalties. I want you to have full access. I'm just going to publish it and you have access to your monies, how you sell it, promote it, all of that. So they just pay you basically a flat fee or they pay you a membership fee and that's how they get it published. Through. Yes. Yes. So it includes your editing. You don't have to go out and find another editor. It includes your editing. Um, it includes your book cover. Um, you don't have to worry about that because you know a lot of times people have a hard time trying to choose what their book cover is going to look like. So you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about anything but how you're going to promote afterwards. And that that is the scary thing for me because I did a lot of research on my own before, and that mm-hmm. was the scary things. A lot of these independent or little known companies, and I'm not saying all of them, but right. uh, but a lot of them, the majority of them, they just want their fee, and whatever mm-hmm. you send them is what they send you. <laughs> they know, like I've seen books, people print off thousands of books with grammatical errors or yes, yes. by a professional eye and often, and they know people are eager to get their books out there mm-hmm. just, you know, take their money and give people something. And then you normally have to pay a lot of money to get that redone mm-hmm. and republish. And then what about the people who bought the book already? Now you right. got re-encourage them, if that's a word, uh, to buy the book again, or you're giving away books to people who already bought them, and then you got all them other books just sitting there. So, you know, I'm I'm happy to hear, especially a Black-owned company, that mm-hmm. will walk you through the steps, because it's a, it's a, I'm not even at that point yet of publishing, and I, it's already a difficult step. So you mm-hmm. finish that journey and then be back at a difficult moment again. Right, right. And and for those who don't go with anyone and they try to take the shortcuts and do it themselves and don't spend the money on editing, they end up hurting themselves in the long run because you can't edit your own book as you write it. Everyone knows that. You should know that at, at the, in the end of the day. Um, once you write the book and you're editing as you go, you're going to drive yourself nuts. And then you're going to leave out steps that should have been there. And then, like you said, the grammatical errors. And I'm big. They call me the grammar police. So I'm like real big on like, oh, oh, this is not right. It's <laughs> not right. No. Even the most established writers, the most professional, great writers have editors. Have editors. Yep. You know, 
I, one of the things that I, I did, I wanted to find somebody that was a one-stop shop because you already will pay a lot of money to get the book printed, but you don't want to have to go, you know, I got an editor over here and I got a, you know, a gra- you may have a graphic designer and that's the only other person that I'm working with. Right. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. So I'm going to get your information when we get off. We <laughs> awesome. Awesome. One more question about your company. We're going to get back into it a little bit. But what are you looking for when people are coming to you? Or do you specialize in a specific genre or style of writing? I don't. So the name of my company is Spray Your Wings Publication. So if you come in with a fictional book, make sure you come in correctly with that fictional book. Don't come to me because a lot of people just want to write and just say, oh, I wrote a book. That's not, you know, that's not what I'm really looking for. I'm looking for those who really want to get out there, really want to know, really want to spread their wings as an author. So there's a difference between a writer and an actual author, in my personal opinion. Um, you have, like I say, you have those that just want to write and they just want to, oh, I did this and I did that, you know, but you're not really trying to do anything as an author mm. with your work. Voice chat. Yes. Going on the, the bandwagon right now. Yes. That's, that's it. That's right. it. So tell us a little bit about Miss Nicole. Like, who are you outside of the the CEO hat, the author hat, the life coach hat? Who are you? So me, I'm a cool girl. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm a cool girl. I'm down to earth. Um, I love reading. Reading is one of my things um, that I love to do. I can read a book in one day, actually. Um, so that's something that I love to do. I love writing. And I love singing. So singing is a ministry of mine. So um, that is who I am outside of those hats. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is your first time on it. And I'm, I'm definitely going to have you back on. And I know you are roundabout artist, but please don't tell me you because <laughs> I'm going to have. So this in your mind right now, you're closing us out with a song. So let oh. get that together. You know, <laughs> just, you can't tell me you're an artist and not utilize it. And show the people. I'm gonna kick the Let me go ahead and exit the stage. <laughs> so, what, what, this, what went into you deciding that I'm gonna be an author? I'm gonna be a writer. I mean, you already a writer, but in terms of being an author. Well, for me, wanting to be an author, it was wanting to share my story. Mm-hmm. So I'm not in the, the YA category or, you know, just the the fictional category of, you know, the popular genre out here. My book is my memoir. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted my story told. And of course, if I was telling your story, it, it can be scary. It can be difficult. It can be um, a little timid at times because then you have to worry about if people are going to judge you. Mm-hmm. And how they're gonna judge you, and it 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 could be difficult. I think her screen froze. Um, and how you came out of your story. Okay. Uh, in terms of, so so for, first of all, tell us what your book is about. Can you hear us? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, you can see me too? Mm-hmm. Okay, my hearing aid. Okay, good. Um, so my book is called A Cry for Help. It is my personal journey from the age of nine with my first traumatic experience with rape. Um, it is my trials and tribulations over the next 20 years, my struggles to find my purpose in life, my mm-hmm. struggle to know love, my struggle to hold on to God's healing hand. So it's, it, you, you find out my... Um, Domestic violence situation, you find out my suicide attempt. Yes, it's all in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so those struggles in life that people are ready to give up on, you know, and 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 people don't understand that when you go through something at a young age, it becomes encoded in your mental. Mm-hmm. And so once you begin to grow, you become attached to trauma bonding, you become attached to being tra- trauma um in dependency on things. So you keep keep going through the same cycles in life until you heal what's on the inside. So I was that little girl with the inability to navigate struggles in my life. 
you you hitting we gonna have a conversation after this. We we just just get to know me now because uh I, I wanna I'm gonna put trauma bond into the side. Um I was I wanted you to say whether or not this was a personal experience or not. Because in reading up on you, I know that that's the story. Um, mm -hmm. A tragic story um, at the age of nine. And then there was a lot of um, cycles, cycles. Mm -hmm. going through the same types of things because the the initial trauma never was never healed, never healed from it. So you're going to keep on repeating that. You keep repeating it. I think uh, your book is very timely for where we are right now, not just mm -hmm. in the state, but because we're in this quarantine state, a lot of people have been disclosing information. And I'm not saying whether that's right or wrong, because however you choose to, to uh, disclose is for you. But I notice people are really comfortable with walking around with their trauma on their sleeve. So it's it's gotten really normal for people to be hurt, for people to be traumatized, for people to be on medication, for people to be, you know, outside of their mental capacities. Uh, but it's not been normalized to move through it and get to the other side. And talk about it, because in our communities, especially in the black households, you're told what goes on in this household stays here. So how do you heal from that? Who do you talk to? If we cannot talk to anybody to get the proper help that we need, how do we go about overcoming the situation that we was in in the first place? You can't. Right. So, so that's how they get stuck on being comfortable living with that trauma. That's how they be comfortable living with that, walking around with that victim cloth. I was a victim at one point. I'm not a victim. I'm not a survivor. I'm an overcomer. I'm a conqueror. And as the young LeVans that will always say, we just, we like getting high off of that trauma. And it's not about liking it, but it becomes almost an what you mean? Like a, like an addict. You get mm -hmm. high off of that story, off mm -hmm. of that incident, or or in your case, that string of incidents and mm -hmm. cases. Um, as a sub, I'm, I don't even like saying survive. It, I, I went through similar situations and i just never wanted to be that person that was sitting on oprah talking about the story if i was still on the same side of the trauma as the trauma i i, I and, and that's i think what took me so long to even put words to paper because i didn't want to be talking about a situation and just getting high off of it i didn't want mm -hmm. to do that um in terms of you writing about your story um what, where are you now with your healing? Um, so, well, healing is something continuously. And, right. and I think people forget that um, because in, in my story, I explained how I went through counseling and actually the whole counseling conversation is my story. Mm. So you get the whole conversation with my counselor. You get the, the, where she took me back. You get all of that till we can get to the root of that. And, and, and people think that once they go to counseling, they're healed and they don't have to go no more and everything going to change and your life's going to turn around and you're going to be this grand person. No, healing is a continuous thing day by day by day by day. And so I may have be, become a conqueror over those situations, but I still have to maintain being that conqueror. And that's that's what I think one of my realizations was therapy is a is a is a step. Is not the magic wand. Church is a step. It's not a magic wand. And we got a lot of people that's because I was I was church hurt and I was therapy hurt. You know, I had a sister girl that was my therapist and I learned more about her problems than mine. My church kind of shunned me once I told them my story. You know, um, so we we go through we go to these resources thinking that they're gonna heal us not realizing those source resources are just the opening of a door. And you yeah. have, like you said, the day-to-day -day life of it is the real struggle when you're mm -hmm. not, when you're not sitting in a pulpit, when you're not surrounded by friends, what are your choices then? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So when, when do you live? Cause that's, that's the most of the time when 
when your mind starts wondering and your mind starts taking a turn over and over again with the negative thoughts is when you by yourself, when you ain't with that support system. So you have to learn to be your own support system. You have to learn how to heal within yourself by yourself. So when you don't have those resources next to you, you're not crumbling. You better, you better down and going down that spiral road again. <laughs> what? So now that you, <laughs> I had to learn that. I had to tell myself that. Oh, speak over, over yourself. That's, you know, normally when you mm -hmm. are a, a motivational speaker or life coach, normally you, you have to give that to yourself. Yes. So all the author, the motivational speaker, the life coaching was your, was your circumstance the catalyst for you being all those things now, or was that naturally in you anyway? It, it, who knows? You know, it could have been naturally in me, and I didn't know because I clung on to my trauma. So yeah. my trauma took over everything. And then now once you start healing, you become who God really intended you to be. And your purpose starts shining through. So who knows? But I know that um, now it is. And that is it. So I had to be my own rescuer, actually. I didn't have the people in my corner like a lot of people had when they went through something. I didn't have all of that. I had nobody in my corner. So, uh, so I had to be my own rescuer. I liken authors to painters. And often once a painter has finished a picture, they have put a voice or an intention on that piece of work. What's your intention for your book? Mm -hmm. So what's your My intention is to reach that one person. My intention is to reach that one person who may struggle and don't know how to come out of their circumstances. Mm. If I can just reach one person, I've done my job. What what was the what was your first step? In, in, terms of, being a, in terms of what? In terms of you went through all this, you lived all this, because you say in the book it took you almost 20 years from the initial trauma for you to begin to put pieces together. But what was that first step where rock bottom was the rock bottom and you got sick and tired of being sick and tired? So the rock bottom for me was I tried to drive myself off a cliff. Oh, my goodness. So when I tried to drive myself off a cliff and and God used the one person he knew that would talk some sense into me, mm -hmm. um, that was the rock bottom for me. I knew that I had to do better because even though I didn't have anyone there in my um, corner, I didn't have the family I, I thought I'd needed, um, my kids I felt was better off without me. So in order for me to see that if I don't have nobody now, what's going to happen to them when I'm gone? Right. Can, so, you, can you speak a little bit to that? You and, and you don't have to get into it if you don't want to, but people often judge people who are at that space, especially people, parents who are at yeah. that space. Um, or really anybody who's leaving a loved one behind. Um, and they use the selfish word. I'm mm -hmm. differently now, but can you speak to in that moment, just not being nothing or anybody matters at that point? Or it wasn't like that for you. Can you speak to what, like, what goes through your mind, even as a parent? Because that, in that moment, you're not a parent. I'm you're not a parent. You're not a friend. You're not a co-worker. What goes into that moment? And and so it's like you said, people are people are always quick to judge. Pretty much, they're quick to say, "Oh, if this happened, I wouldn't do this, or if that happened, I wouldn't do it that way." No one knows what they would go through in the nick of time of the situation they would go through. We all believe that we are strong enough to overcome a certain situation, but in that moment. When that time comes, you have no idea 
no what way. you will take, what you will put up with, what you will go through. And I had hit rock bottom. Everything around me was crumbling. I had all these dark entities that I was not dealing with that I had put on a uh, mask on. I was walking around happy, but on the inside I was dying. I was coming home and I was somebody else. And it was weighing heavy on me. So in that moment, I didn't care about my kids. And that moment, and, and it's selfish to say, but I didn't care about my kids. I didn't care about anything but just ending it all. Because at that point you wasn't a mother, you wasn't, I wasn't a, a mother. You wasn't you were this empty space. It is empty, empty space at that point. Yeah. Yes. You it, know, you, you don't think about nothing else. You just want the hurt gone. You want all of the, the voices telling you that you'll never be anything. You'll never amount to nothing. You want all of that gone. You just want to end the pain for yourself at the moment. And and you can't be a mother, you can't be a wife, you can't be a husband, you can't be a friend when you in that moment because you're pouring from an empty cup what can you give those people around you when you empty on the inside and that's that's one of the things that i wish we as and i and i speak specifically to our black community mm-hmm. one of the things when we we get angry at people with mental breaks we 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 are one of and i, I can't speak for any other people but we get angry and we ridicule people who are having mental breaks and mm-hmm. you know i know a lot of people joking joke about you know especially people with drug addictions uh the whitney's the michaels we ridicule them and then people who are having uh trauma based on something happening in their life like a death or like the kanye's and we the only mm-hmm angry at people for having mental breakdowns as if it's something that they can control yes yes it's not i'm happy i'm excited that someone is writing a book from this perspective because Mm -hmm. many we have a lot of self-help gurus that have all the answers but very few of them have actually gone through those steps yep yep commend you for having not only the strength but the courage to tell your story in such a raw way, because mm-hmm. when we go through these things, it's for other people. Yeah. You know, it's somebody right now who may be listening to this, who may be going through this right now and mm-hmm. don't know how to creatively get it out. Mm-hmm. You know, going to the police isn't always the answer or going, you know, to take legal action isn't always or taking revenge, but sometimes you have to creatively get yourself out of those things. Because if you've done all those things, the person's in jail, you live with you. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people don't they don't take that into consideration because many people, you know, I, I see on social media a lot, people blasting people who have sexually abused them or they want to kill them or beat them up. That does nothing for you. Because, That's I mean, jail, yes, put, do what you have to do. But outside of that, it does nothing for you to harm somebody because you still got to live with whatever hurt that is. So how about just get a jump start on that? And get to that. Get 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 to the the core of it. Yep, that's the only way. That's the only way you're going to heal is by getting to the core of it. There's no other way. If somebody tell you there's another way, they have not actually lived through that situation, as you said. There, there are tons of people, and I, and I know for a fact there's a tons of people out here that will give you the advice that ain't never walked through the fire that you walked through. So how can you tell someone if you never walked through it? And so, like I said. Getting to the root of it is the only, only, only way you can start that healing journey. Mm. You can say, I'm a heal after I leave that abusive husband. But until you get to the root cause of it, because I guarantee you nine out of 10 times, there was a different, there was a deeper root before she got into the abusive relationship with somebody. There was a deeper root. Even, even leaving isn't going to solve the problem. Right. Because most most times you go right, you find that person in somebody else. I say that in my book. <laughs> if it's not a romantic relationship, you find that same dependency in people that's not good for you in friendships. Yep. Family that's so true. Or job environments that are toxic. You respond so to toxic behavior if you're refusing or ignoring your healing. Like mm-hmm. 
And and that's that's what is trauma bonding. That's what trauma bonding is. You know, so you you and you come trauma dependency on it. So you expect it in the next person because you're so used to dealing with it and you feel like that's the only way life brings you some type of love is that you have to take this and you have to deal with that because you made this vow to them or you made this, you have history with them. No, you don't have to take that. You can heal yourself so you don't attract it in the next person. Mm. Where, where have you, where have you been? Where have you been? This in the closet. I've been hiding. Yeah, but it's this this type of dialogue is very necessary. I see Naomi is on it. She's saying truth, and Miss Patricia, she's doing her job. Uh, we're gonna get. I'm gonna get back to that. I'm gonna close out with some more information on our company. Uh, but it's this is necessary, and I'm I'm saying how necessary your work is. Um, who are you intending? Like, what's your? I not asked you before your intention, but when you when you ask. The who, when you answer that question, what's the what's the vision in your head of the person that you're talking to right now? The silent strugglers. Mm. That's who that's who I wrote for. That's who I'm talking to. That's who I speak for. That's who I open my phone for my email because I tell people you have somebody to talk to with me. I reply to people. I give my advice. I listen to people because oftentimes we don't have that many people that are really willing to listen and actually went through it. But I'm one of those people. And so it's the silent strugglers who don't know that they don't who don't know they need to overcome or who are scared to overcome or don't know how to overcome. Mm, or distract themselves with work, with family, with, you know, life. And keep putting themselves on a back burner until a breakdown happens. And then you're, you know, I, I, funny, funny enough, I was uh, getting back to trauma bonding. I was uh, I had a friendship with a person and we went to college together and that person moved away and I moved away. So our relationship was based on us talking on the phone as much as we could to, you know, keep the, the gap as close as it, it, you know, as it was. but. At the end of every conversation, I felt drained. And so, you know, sometimes you get so deep in a conversation, you don't even, you're not even studying your emotional arts. Mm-hmm. And I, one day I was annoyed and I, I started focusing and I realized all of our conversations was a complaint. I would complain, she would complain. I would complain, she would complain. And it, it, I, I felt myself like draining. This, this draining, and I brought it to that person's attention, and they got offended, and I I could no longer, and it wasn't a knock to the friendship because I was I was adding my two cents into it as well, but I could no longer sit and talk about the problem anymore, and not do anything, you know, and this was years of us doing this over the telephone. Can you can you talk to people in terms of the things that we do that distract us from? getting over to the other side well i tell people you got one maybe two times to come with me come to me with your problem the next time we speak i need a solution Mm. because if you're going to keep complaining about the same thing then you're not trying to get out of it right you know and so you know um for people who they they distract themselves because they don't want to face it they're scared to face it and so i say that it, and it works both ways. It can work for the people who dealt with the trauma like you and I, but it also can um, work for the people who caused the trauma. And so they, a lot of times they don't want to own up to what they did. And so they would distract themselves to have this happy life. And so that's why it looks like, oh, well, they're over here living this happy life while we're over here struggling with what they've done to us. So they don't moved on because they don't distracted themselves to not have to be pay attention to what they did and not have to face what they did. And we over here still struggling. And so then we started distracting ourselves because we don't want people to see what we were struggling with. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I used to walk with my head down because I was scared that the moment I looked up, people were going to see all my scars. They were going to see all the bandages I put on my cuts that I refused to heal because all I did was bandage them up. I ain't let the air come in and start healing them. So I couldn't even form the scabs to be a healed person because I was too busy bandaging them. Right now, 
Uh, Radu says, hello, guys. Hey, Radu. Um, uh, tell us where we can buy this book because you've given us a <laughs> lot of reasons to buy this book. Tell people where they can find it, how they can buy the book, and how, how can they contact you, really? So you can purchase the book from my website. It's www.acryforhelp.biz. It's also a trailer on there produced by my producer, Two Miracles Entertainment. So you guys will love that. So you'll get a visual of the book happening and, and before you start reading it. Um, so you can reach me on Facebook, Instagram at I am Nicole Davis. Also, my email is renovatewithnicole at gmail.com. Um, so let's, in, in terms of you being a life coach, um, where, where in this uh, space does that fit in for you? Or how does that fit into who you are? Um, so life coaching for me, um, so I don't really like to do a lot of individual life coaching. I do um, a lot of group life coaching because it's, it's more um, beneficial for me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, individuals sometimes take up a lot of times, not that I won't do it, um, but it's more ben- beneficial for it's me. It's more to accountable. It holds- yes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really, I, I like the accountability aspect of group uh, mm-hmm. counseling. Is it, is it, uh, where, where do you see yourself in the next five or 10 years? That's that's a good question. (laughs) That's a a great question. Um, So I do see myself as a renowned speaker. Um, So internationally, everywhere. um, um, Up there with the the big guys up there uh, with the motivational, but having my own personal steps to back my my speeches, um, the steps that people take, the courses that people would purchase to take the necessary steps to reach the goals in life that they need. and it, it is okay that if you have to purchase a co- uh, coach or the courses, um, we all need it. Even players and leads and making millions of dollars have coaches. Um, even Beyonce had a vocal coach. Um, so it's okay. And people need to understand that it's okay to get a coach. It's okay to purchase courses to help you take steps by steps. Because if you look at it in the long run, then you may not do it. But if you have that one step, that next step, that next step, then you're more accountable to do hold yourself to to complete the course. Yeah, and that's key. Uh, and and that was going to be my next question in terms of how do you maintain and what's your management routine like? Um, my man, <laughs> um, he is on me every day. He does, uh, and he's not even official management, but he pretty much took the job as my management because he he makes sure. Um, I'm doing something productive every day, whether it's getting my videos out there, whether I'm marketing with um, people I need to market the book with, whether I'm I'm putting them where I need to place them. So he's great um, with making sure I'm on my P's and Q's. And how are you yourself uh, managing like your day to day? How are you, you know, with all that you've been through and all that you are now walking in, how do you manage your day to day? So it is tough, um, but I know who I'm doing it for and I know why I'm doing it. And so once I, I remember my why, that's what helps me go through my day. So when it gets bleep and when it gets too tough and it gets too tired, I have to remember my why. My why is that God did not take me through that on the, um, the sit on it. He did not take me through what I went through not to bless somebody else. And so my why is that I want to help people understand that you own your story. Your story doesn't own you. My story doesn't own me. I own my own story now. So that is my motto um, that I tell everybody. I own my story. My story doesn't own me. And how are you maintaining your cup? And I hear everything that you do is about everybody around you. But how is Nicole Davis maintaining her full cup or how are you keeping that cup full? Because I, I, my grandmother told me this young. So your cup has to maintain a full level mm-hmm. that runs over into the saucer is what you can give to other people. Right. And so for me, but don't be giving people out of your cup or you'll be. Running off of right. Right. Um, so for me, self-care is important, and I don't think people understand how important self-care is, and not the self-care where you neglecting everything else. 
self-care for yourself. So whether you need to take a nap because we got this notation that I'll sleep when I'm dead and no, your body needs rest. If you don't shut down your body yourself, your body going to shut you down. Um, so whether it be take a nap, whether I need to take a break and just release my mind in a book, whether I need to just go have a praise service in my car just by singing. I think I have like a concert in my house like twice a week. She did not two times now. I'm, I'm just going to put that out there. But, <laughs> but no, that that to me, see, and singing was my um, escape goat mm-hmm. when I was going through what I was going through. So I have to maintain a concert in my house with my my remote is my microphone. Um, <laughs> so I have to have a whole full concert in my house like twice a week. Mm. I get uh, as a I'm a performance artist, so I know how vital and and my next line of questions are going to be about this pandemic. But as an artist, it's it's really necessary for you to practice your craft, for you to be and not just on a stage or in a rehearsal hall, but when you're nobody's watching. You know, sharpening that tool. Wait, I didn't say that was my craft or nothing like that. I just said it was my escape, though. I just said I like to sing. You know, there's a difference between people singing and 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 holding notes. Like, don't, what you ain't getting do. <laughs> he don't give you talents not to use. Come on now. Come on. You you speaking too much uh, God speech to me to not know that. <laughs> but but <laughs> moving, moving to the next phase throughout this pandemic, because I think a lot of people, this me time got really loud for a lot of people. And you were parents, so you had, you know, children around you. But, you know, it still was tough because, you know, interactions decreased drastically. Uh, how have you maintained throughout the pandemic or what has this pandemic helped you do, really? Um, well, I, I I can actually say I'm one of those people. Um, it's been better for me to be um, not surrounded by a lot of people. It's been better for me. Um, and, and for my kids to be home, that's, it's been better for me. I'm one of those parents that when the kids have to go back to school, I'll be like, oh, man, my kids are going back to school. <laughs> or other parents be like, yes, get out the door. <laughs> I'll be like, no, man, it's already. <laughs> so but uh, and i should have known as a writer this solitude probably meant more to you than yeah. the average like i'm a i'm an actor so i need an audience right this has been you know looking at this brick you know every day all day but I'm, I'm quite sure you know did you finish your book throughout this this time um, I did actually. Um, it took longer because um, originally I wrote, I had hired a ghostwriter okay. and because I didn't have the time. So that was before the pandemic. Um, and it didn't pan out as well as I expected it to, which is okay, you know, lost corns. And so I know I'm a writer and I'll have the time. So let me go ahead and do it the way I want it to be. Raw, the, the whole authentic self of my book, everything was is in there. Every detail down to my thought, down to the counselor's conversation, down to me kicking over her chair in her office. Everything is in there versus where the ghostwriter put it as like a story that you would just have in a fiction category. I didn't want that. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, a bit of advice to anybody who, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not a great writer. So I had to find a great editor. So my not so great writing would be profound right but just know ghostwriters are writing through their own experiences mm-hmm. the message can sometimes be watered down that's how you know you get a lot of these celebrities who come out with a book and then they having to recant a lot of stuff because that's not they don't have it right so yeah. no you know and i'm not putting down ghostwriters because there's some phenomenal ghostwriters out there but just know and choosing one do your homework. Yeah. It, remember, it's your voice that you want to hear, not your voice through someone's interpretation. Where was you at when I spent all that money on a ghostwriter and it, it didn't pan out the way it was supposed to be? Where was you at? I'm, I'm asking you because I went through the same thing. What the the and we'll talk a little bit after this, but 
that my my motives for writing the book, I, I, you know, that person wanted to make it sensationalized. And 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 I'm a character, but I'm not that type of character. And I I don't want to muddy up my my life work by putting a story out there that's not honest. Right. I don't want to bring the wrong attention to what my mission is. Right. I want to help in life by making something bigger or dirtier than what it has to be. Right. You've already gone through trauma. You don't need to make the story any worse. It, it, right. And that's what she did to me. She added a whole bunch of extra stuff that didn't happen. I don't want that. I want my readers to have the raw version. And I meant that it's raw as crap. <laughs> it's raw. As readers, you know, I think we've gotten to a place where we just want to be entertained by everything. Mm-hmm. Life is about sitting still. That's what this pandemic has been for me, about sitting still, being still and just listening. Even when you're by yourself, just listen more to conversations you're having, mm-hmm. to conversations you listen. And, and and I think that's that's what I'm taking away from this quarantine and this pandemic, learning how to listen better and be be still. And you learn so much about be yourself when you're just listening and being still. So yeah. uh, we are we have a couple more minutes left in this interview. I want to know. Um, in terms of the next book, what what are we what are we writing? About? <laughs> and so I have a few um, ebooks that are dropping. I have one that's dropping in March, um, and and they're going to be small, but they are um, they're needed. So it gives you what you need in terms and self development um, and leading up for different directions. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, and so, but then the next one after Cry to Help, the next actual book will be Carter. And so in the book, it gives you a little information about Carter and how that's come about. Because, you know, we once we, at the beginning of the interview, we talked about cre- healing that person so that you don't go again to the next person. And so right, right. Uh, we talked about that and that's Carter's the sequel to A Cry for Help? I, I don't have children of my own. I have some beautiful nieces um, and I'm a teacher, so I'm around children who I kind of adopt anyway. Um, your trauma, how did it affect how you raised your children or did it affect how you raised your children? Um, I wouldn't say it affected how I raised my kids. Um, I think I went above and beyond to make sure I was probably a little overprotective with my kids. Um, so, you know, a lot of people that know a lot of my trauma, what they do know, they can say that, you know, she may be this, but one thing you cannot say is that she's a bad mom. So I made sure that my kids stayed on honor rolls. You know, they, they maintain good grades in school. Um, my daughter just started nursing school two weeks ago. So, you know, that's, that's truly amazing to have went through what you went through and then to watch your kids excel beyond what you ever imagined yourself to be. Manifesting. And that's, that's, mm-hmm. you know, because that could have went in a different direction. It could have. I am very sensitive to how young men are feeling. Mm-hmm. Direct connection and as to what I went through and, and being a black man and, and often our emotions being overlooked because we just supposed to be these brawny protectors mm-hmm. and we're not supposed to have feelings or emotions rather. I, I hate that. Right. But it, it definitely, you know, um, it affected how I am. A, I'm super sensitive to how people feel. Because I felt like my feelings were kind of pushed away. And really mm-hmm. trying to deal with it, I pushed my feelings away. And then in turn, I showed other people how to treat me, push his feelings away. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in terms of uh, overall, this life has meant what to you? From initial interactions to today, what's that dash moment for you right now? What life meant to me. Mm-hmm. Going through all of this, what does life mean to you now? 
like I would say I'm happy to be here. Um, life is is precious. Sometimes, you know, oftentimes we take it for granted. Mm. You know, what 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 if my phone didn't ring while I was driving to that cliff? Mm. What if what what would I be then? Well, we know, but you know, what if I wouldn't be who I am today? I wouldn't be where I am today had that phone call not came to stop me from going over that cliff. So life to me is precious right now. The good, the bad, the ugly, the worst is still precious to me. Did that person know what they were intercepting in that moment? I know that probably not before, but did you like disclose to that person what was happening in that moment? Um, I didn't. I sent a text probably like hours ago um, prior to that. So they didn't know I was actually in the car. They didn't know that I was heading on the road. They didn't know that I was near the cliff. Mm. So when they, I sent the text and I, you know, I was just like, I can't do it anymore. You know, it was kind of my note. Mm. And so when they called, they did not know. And actually she didn't know until after the fact, she's just like, I don't know what you over there doing, but, <laughs> and she wasn't sweet with it. And that's what we need. You know, we don't need the people that's going to, the uh, old baby. And, you know, I know, no, she was not, she was just full out. Look, girl, <laughs> she said the bad word, but um, it, it was what I needed. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Thank you for all. I see all the comments coming in. Soga says, great to see entrepreneurs making it happen in the community. Yes. Um, I'm at a space right now where as a as an actor, as a teacher, as a, a visual artist, I can't do any work that does not speak to me, that does not speak to my experiences, that does not help other people get through. I can't just be an entertainer anymore. I've dropped that a couple years ago. Um, right. A question that I normally ask everybody, and I'm adjusted a little bit for your sake, uh, but if you could speak to your nine-year-old self, what advice would you give your nine-year-old self not to change anything but to kind of navigate some of those bumps that are surely to come i would say girl don't worry we're gonna make it Mm. and and that's how i dedicated my book to her we did it we did it we did you know you can't change anything i wouldn't want to change anything because i wouldn't be who i am today without it Mm. so we're gonna get through it we made it. I, I like that as a, a, a test phrase. We made it. Um, mm-hmm. In honor of Black History Month, uh, we lost a, a, a icon just a, a week ago or so. Um, and the second part of the question that I normally ask, and that's Miss Cicely Tyson, um, who died at the ripe old age of 96. Mm-hmm. So lucky and so blessed to have that much knowledge uh, behind us. Um, what what question would you ask to your 100-year-old self if given the opportunity? Is there anything you would change? Mm. Mm, okay. Is there anything you would change? And I would hope she would say no. Mm. I, would, I would hope she would say no. Because <laughs> uh-huh. if we made it that far, then we've done some things right, regardless if the road was hard or not and uh, the many obstacles we had to overcome. We've done something right to make it to that point. So I would hope she would say no. Uh, and before we get to that point, we're going to ask you, somebody's asking how we can buy your book, but I'm going to give you the, the last moment to do that <clears throat> while I clear my throat. <clears> throat> uh, but I, I, I suggest that people add those two questions to their either daily meditation or monthly meditations, because how you answer that question says a lot about where you are mm-hmm. in the moment. Mm-hmm. I agree. Questions would you ask to your 100 year old self? And I normally say 17 because you know, 17 is that, that age where the veil is lifting. We don't quite have the experience or knowledge to know what it is, but we no longer in a, are in that youthful ignorance anymore. Um, right question would you ask for that youthful self and depending on how you answer that question determines where you are in that moment and it's okay if you go back sometimes and you jump ahead sometimes but mm-hmm. 
periodically ask yourself those questions. And that's to everybody that's listening, because it really gives you a good placement uh, marker okay. as where you are in that moment. And it helps you to either get it, get back in gear or, okay, I can, I can prove this for a second here. Uh, but I, I'm, first of all, we're going to have a conversation off of this, off of this line. Um, really, <laughs> I love your energy. I love the message behind what you're doing. And that's why on the Artist Exchange, we work on, in a space of engagement because people need to know your story. Your book is right. so good. I'm, I'm telling you, he's online right now. He will buy the book and tell a million people about <laughs> the book. And he's actually, Soga is in charge of the Baltimore Black Film Festival. So that's definitely somebody you should uh, talk to as well. I'll send you his information. But, All right, so, so let's talk. There we go. <laughs> Uh, but uh, I want you to, um, one, give us the information on terms of how we find you, how we, how you purchase the book, um, and whatever, how you want to close this out. What information would you like for people to know uh, about Miss Nicole Davis? <laughs> All right. So, Nate, it was so good to be on the show. Your energy as well. See, it just, it, you're natural. You know, you're natural. You bring people into your zone, the comfort zone. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So you guys can find my book on my website, um, www.acryforhelp.biz. Um, check out the summary of the book. Also watch my trailer. Make sure you guys watch my trailer. It's produced by Miracles Entertainment. Um, so that, and then you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at I am Nicole Davis. And my email is renovate with Nicole at gmail.com. Um, so my last words. Go ahead. Huh? No, I said you will send me that information and I'm going to make sure I post that with this. Yeah, of course. I'm going to send you any information you want to have. <laughs> um, my, my last words is, again, my motto, own your story. Don't let your story own you. Mm. You know, your past made you, but you are not your past. Mm -hmm. And so I think once people understand that, then they can move forward on. You so, so you can't allow it. I'm so <laughs> thank you. I, I really appreciate you. And and I I and this that's why I said in reading, you know, doing my research on you beyond your your biography, but just doing my re I I hear something else, and we'll talk about that whenever you're ready. No pressure, of course. Uh, but I, I, I hear, uh, I hear it. Um, and and once people get to know you and and really get that story out, lead with your story, and and everything else is going to fall in line. Your honesty is a yep. fresh air and necessary, especially to women that look like you, black people that look like you, is necessary. Yes. And that niche group that you that you are aiming for, those people where the, us who suffer in silence and, and get it together and get up every morning with a smile, hurting on the inside and the outside often, we need we need to tap into that because that can't be normalized anymore. We are not animals, despite what other races may think. We are human beings that bleed, that feel, that think that have gone through life and is necessary for us to get through life. This journey isn't about us working our way to the grave. And, and in honor of Cicely Tyson, somebody who has worked and worked and worked and worked to uplift others, her toilless work, her tireless work, um, take her life as an example. You know, focus on that dash. We have a birthday and we're going to have a death date. But focus on that day. Right. How can we make that dash as impactful as we can be possibly make it? And the artist exchange for 2020 is about focusing on that dash. That's our catchphrase for this year. What is your dash? Awesome. You know, forget legacy because we can't determine legacy. That's not for us to determine. Right. We have to live that. Mm -hmm. But what is your dash? We can add value to that dash. So what value are you adding to your dash this year? Um, this has been the Artist Exchange Radio Show with the phenomenal Miss Nicole Davis. 
Um, we're going to start on time next week. Uh, so for this, we're going to only be on Fridays um, because Mr. Kowser needs some me time. Uh, he needs to work smarter and not necessarily extra harder. Uh, but we're going to be here live every Friday. We're not going anywhere on Big Exposed Radio. We've only added platforms. So every Friday here on Big Exposed Radio at 5 p.m. And then Monday through Friday, you can catch me at 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. for the early risers on Real You Radio. Um, and then every Tuesday, you can catch me on Binge Worthy Podcast. So you got three different options Monday through Friday to watch me. So go to my uh Facebook page, my YouTube page, Big Exposes page, like and subscribe to all of it so you get those notifications every time I step on. I'm only, it's coming this year. We got some phenomenal guests planned. We started off great on a great note. Thank you, Miss Nicole. Uh, hey. <laughs> um, this is, so this is um, a small but impactful vision into where we're going in 2021 and beyond. So get on board now because I don't want nobody trying to jump on board once the train is so <laughs> peace hey. out. <laughs> um, we're gonna get your information. If you if you're just catching this, please watch it through. Uh Miss Nicole dropped some great gems and I want everybody <laughs> to hear it and we're gonna share this out and get that book sold. Thank you, Miss Nicole. Thank you. Money. <laughs> Next up is the cocktail social hour with Blue and the crew. So check them out. This has been Nate. Peace out. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>